1: I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. I am excited today that my guest is Paul Norad, Extension Specialist for Rural Health and Farm Safety. So welcome, Paul.
2: Hey, Mindy. Glad to be here. How are you today?
1: I, I am doing great, and I'm so glad that you're here because we're going to talk about a really important topic, which is stress and how that affects our brain, because I know that our brains are... In tune with everything that happens in our body and in our lives, and if we don't take care of them, then we're going to feel it in lots of different ways, aren't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a very important topic that all Kentuckians experience, and uh, I think it's a, a needed topic that to, to talk about just to help us understand ourselves, but help us to understand that you know some of the issues we may be experiencing aren't necessarily because we're weak or we're having problems or we're not connected. It can just be a buildup of, of things that uh, we, can, uh, we can work on to help ourselves and, and help our community.
1: That's a great segue into let's talk about what are some common stressors that people experience across the board.
2: Yeah. You know, you think about common stressors and I like to think of stress on a continuum. And so, We all have stressors that that occur on a daily basis, and that can be just from trying to log on to our computer at work, getting out and trying to get in a cold vehicle and get it warmed up. You know, that's a stressor. We can think of stressors that uh, are a little bit more serious, I guess I would say, and we think of illness and things that just uh, can take us out of work, take us off the farm, that can keep us away from family members. And then we can think of crisis-type stressors, events or circumstances that that really are like the uh, piece of concrete on our scale of life, right? It just sort of tips us over the edge or makes things, makes life really unmanageable. And so, you know, I think of our, uh, our friends and colleagues over in Western Kentucky with the tornado outbreak and just the amount of stress that that caused, that's very much a it's very much a crisis, right? And then it is inconvenient to have to get up and try to warm up my vehicle and get it de-iced and thawed out and ready to drive, but it's not changing my life, really. It is stressful trying to get kids through their school activities. That's a stressor. And then kids go through their own problems, right? You know, you and I have uh, certain stressful times.
1: So, Paul, does all stress have to be negative or can there be positive types of stress?
2: That That's a great question. And uh, you no, not all stress is negative. And while we we often think of stress as negative, we, we have positive stressors, things that, that are good in our life. And so, you know, that could be uh, graduating from high school. It could be purchasing a new piece of farm equipment, going to get a new chainsaw, having our kids get married, ch- having children, grandchildren, getting married. You know, those are uh, getting in, uh, forming a new long-term relationship, and those are, positive stressors, things that ultimately serve as a source of uh, coping and self-care and help us out and reduce our stress over the long term. But the thing to remember is when we think about stressors, even some of those positive stressors can have some negative impacts on our brain, especially when they occur in the presence of some long-term stress.
1: Right. So sometimes maybe it's the transition. That causes the stress. It's not necessarily the event that's so stressful, right?
2: Yeah, and so you know, if you think uh, if people think of getting into a new relationship or getting married, you know, or uh, buying a house, that transition, you know, going through that process is stressful. But once you're in the relationship, if it's a if it's a positive and healthy relationship, when you're in, once you're into the house and settled, and and you're sort of moving forward. That stress from that particular circumstance or event, we typically think of it as settling down, right? right? And so then what was once stressful actually becomes a source of security or comfort for us. And so it, that that's where it has that positive effect, whereas that chronic, that negative stress, uh, not really a source of security or comfort <laughs> for
1: us. Exactly. So how does that chronic stress then impact our bodies and how does it affect our brain?
2: Yeah. So, you know, if we think of our brains and our our nervous system, you know, I like to think of it like an electrical system. Okay. And so it's full of switching mechanisms. It wants power. And if you think of stress, when we have a, uh, what we call this perceived stressor, say, for example, that, you know, one of my children, my, my daughter, a couple of years ago, her sister landed on her leg and broke her leg and it was actually displaced. Like, mm-hmm. you could see the bone.
1: Oh, goodness.
2: That was a, a stretch. Like, it wasn't out of the skin, but you could see it poking through this, poking, you know, trying to poke Jeez. out. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, right? I'm a registered nurse, and sure. uh, but when it's your own kid, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so what that does is it essentially puts our body into survival mode and diverts all of the electricity in our brain and basically slipping all the switches. It's turning all the lights on. And it's just getting us ready to survive, right? And uh, it, and it's so we can we can see everything, we can hear everything, we can run if we need to, we can freeze, we can fight. We've got all the resources we need for our body to survive. Obviously, my daughter's broken leg doesn't require me to fight, right? right. <laughs> it require me to run, but that it, it, it doesn't matter. That's how our bodies respond. That's how our nervous system responds, and so the problem with that is uh, once our leg's fixed and she's good, I'm happy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. My daughter's safe, right? And uh, I'm, I'm reassured. But if uh, when we build up this chronic stress in our body, what happens is. We go through this ongoing activation. It's just like sitting there flipping the light bulb, the light switch on and off. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially flipping all the light switches on and off, on and off in your house the entire time. Well, if we think of our of our bodies is like the, the the light bulb, the receiver of that energy, it's not going to hold up. It won't right. hold up over time. The, the light bulb is going to burn out eventually. And so our bodies are going to burn out eventually, and that's going to cause us some uh, both uh, short-term and long-term consequences.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I can imagine that that is so true. And so these consequences, what what are they going to look like? What consequences are we going to see?
2: Right. So, so it's one of these acute phases or as stress is building up and we're not dealing with our stress, what we usually see is... Uh, you know, people will feel tense. We'll feel those that tension in our shoulders. We'll feel it in, you know, in our in our head and neck. And we may be losing sleep. We may feel more sleepy. Part of that survival mode. We may feel that we need to withdraw from people and get time alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We may feel that we need some downtime. Right, just some time away. May have headaches. Right. You may grit your teeth at night any number of things may have muscles, aches and pains uh, in in your major muscle groups, like the back, like your back and even in your knees and hips, quite frankly. But as that builds up over time and uh, as it goes on for for a few more weeks, we have what's called a chemical buildup in the front part of our brain that that controls our ability to think. And uh, this can occur on a continuum. And so for a really stressful situation, like a hospitalization of loved one, people may not be able to think. And that chemical is called cortisol and we get what's called red brain. And it basically just, we're chemically unable to, to think clearly. And so what that manifests as is people may describe it as a fog. And it's like, uh, that's what I like to say, brain fog. We call it brain mm-hmm. fog. So you experience a brain fog. You may find yourself sitting at your uh, desk, just staring at a computer screen and realize, wow, 10, 15 minutes have passed. You may uh, not recall what you watched on TV. You may forget what you uh, ate, you know, earlier in the week. You may even forget people's names. You may forget appointments. That's a part of the brain fog. And it just really is. Just trouble thinking is how we describe it. So those are some of the early manifestations. Some of the long-term manifestations of not dealing with stress that we can see in the body, it can affect your heart. People have heart attacks for stress, men and women. Uh, You can develop high blood pressure. Your blood pressure goes up when you're under stress. Stress in some studies have also been connected with dementia as well. And so it just has negative consequences in the long term especially these these negative stressors that we think about.
1: When you, you talk about that brain fog, I immediately thought about when I was pregnant. And I remember we talked about the the mom brain and pregnancy is a long-term stressor. And of course, that's one of those things that we we did. We just kind of had that, probably had that red brain for a long time during pregnancy. And we did have that mom brain that you didn't always think. And, and then of course, after the baby's born and, and you have- sleepless nights and those other stressors that you aren't always thinking about, then it made perfect sense to me all of a sudden.
2: And my children are in their
1: 20s now. so
2: Sure. You know, that's a great analogy. And, and what that boils down to is just hormonal changes. And like with pregnancy and pregnant mothers and when they deliver and that postpartum period, you know, there's all these hormonal shifts in our bodies. And that happens for men, too, when we're under a lot of stress and as we're going through as we're aging and hitting our middle age, the middle age in our forties and fifties, we're all going through, men are going through hormone changes. And so those shift in those hormones when we're under stress are occurring. And again, it's just trying to get the body to survive and that's right. okay, but you can't keep flipping the light switch on and off, right. on, and off. on and off, the light bulb's going to burn out. And so we want ultimately, to ultimately, what we're trying to prevent is our own burnout. Because if I if you burn out, Mindy, or I burn out, or the people listening burn out from stress, then then we can't really, we can't help our communities and family members.
1: Right. So, and the people um, who are depending on us. Exactly. Down, right?
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: So what you know, are these, some tangible steps that we can take to help prevent that burnout?
2: Right. And so that's a good question. And uh, they're actually very simple steps. and And oftentimes we'll write those off. And so obviously I want to make clear, there are some stressors in our life. That we we can't escape, that we sure. cannot make go away. I was talking with a farm family out in Western Kentucky, and they were talking about how uh, the tornado just destroyed their grain bins. You can't make that go There's away. There's nothing you can we do. You can't about recover that. it. You mm-hmm. Can't recover the the corn grain. It's done. But we got to talk, and I was talking with this uh, individual. And we were talking about. It. I was like, "What are you all doing?" She said, "You know, we've spent more time as a family, and we've really come together." That's a term that we use in rural rural communities uh-huh. and farm cultures come together. That's a thing. So when you feel like you need to pull away, that's okay for the short term. But when you're really starting to feel that brain fog and feel stress, it's time to get together with people that care about you and people that love you. And uh, I always like to use this analogy. And so I'm going to ask you a question, Mindy. When a baby's crying, generally, what's one of the first steps we take when, when, we when a We go right to crying. that baby, don't we? <laughs> we go right to that baby and we mm-hmm. pick that baby up and we hug on that baby and we sing to it and say comforting words. Hugs, just giving a person a hug for about 20 mm-hmm. to 30 seconds shuts down that survival response in our body mm-hmm. and activates what's called a rest and digest system in my brain. And tells us that we're okay, that we're right. safe. That just a simple twenty to second, thirty to second hug of a friend or a family member can help. Going hunting or fishing and getting out that can help. Uh, listening to music can help. Making a plan. I know it's difficult when we're in this brain fog to make a plan, and so I like to say, I like to talk about focus on twenty four hours. Right. Just uh, can't focus on what's going to happen two weeks from now. Uh, gosh, I can keep in range and concentrate and try to work towards the next 24 hours, and that's a good way to uh, alleviate some of the stress. You know, just by focusing on a short time period, right? Engaging in self-care is another good thing. Listening to music, those are just very simple, tangible steps that we can take.
1: And sometimes it's baby steps, right? You don't have to. You don't have to take the giant leap. You might have to take that baby step to make it work.
2: Yeah, it's not necessarily planning an entire vacation and trying to get away from a week. It's just that little bitty simple step of calling a friend, sitting down to watch a movie with someone that you know cares about you, texting somebody, eating your favorite meal. My Mm -hmm. goodness, right? I Mm -hmm. I know. I I hear it in your voice. You're like, oh, man, you're already thinking of that comfort food, right? That is okay. A favorite meal can just help turn down that response. And give us a little comfort and act as a buffer to those stressors.
1: I think those are all great suggestions for helping anyone who's dealing with a stressful situation learn how to move out of that situation and and move on to, to better times. Paul, thanks so much for taking the time to share with us today. I know that this is important information for anybody, no matter where they might be in their situation. And I know that you'll come back and share with us again. And to our listeners, I hope you will join us again on Talking Facts. We are available on all major podcast providers.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT